Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I can give you guys this this bit of hope, okay? So in 2008 was my last season. It was Joe Flacco's rookie year. Uh, we had a new head coach, John Harbaugh, new offensive coordinator, Cam Cameron, and we was pretty much rebuilding off Steve McNair injury. Steve was going to be our starting quarterback that year. He was still because he was coming off with shoulder surgery and he was still going to be our starting quarterback. We also had Troy Smith on the roster, the Heisman Trophy winner from Ohio State, you know, representing like CJ Stroud. Um, and then we also had um, Cal Boulder, who been my quarterback for like three years. He was number two. Cal, um, Troy Smith was number three. Flacco was number four. Well, Steve Smith decided he was going to retire. Mm. So he retired at the beginning of the season in training camp. Um, Troy Smith called a blood clot, lost about 100 pounds in training camp. Um, and we thought he was going to die. Nobody knew that he was going to pull through the whole situation he was in, caught a blood clot in his lungs. And Kyle Bowler tore up his shoulder in training camp and ended up having to have a season-ending surgery. And um, Joe Flacco came up and ended up being our starting quarterback. Now, this is where I think your hope lies for you guys. We had a new, a new coordinator who had been in this position before, Cam Cameron. So he decided to say, all right, we got great role players. We got Todd Heath. We got Daniel Wilcox. You know, we got Willis McGahee, Mike Anderson, um, um, Lorenzo Neal, um, Leron, no, we had Leron McClain, not Lorenzo Neal. We had mm-hmm. Leron McClain, um, Derek Mason, you know, Mark mm-hmm. Clayton. We had a bunch of studs, right? And <laughs> he was like, we, yeah, you know, Thanks we, so legend, he, Derek Mason. absolutely. That's my guy, D Mason, <laughs> you know, so he decided to not put too much on Flacco. Mm-hmm. Is that the skill players work for you? You know, we did max protection a lot. I mean, everybody stayed in the block, and we did one-man routes, you know, to protect him to make sure he didn't get rattled and get beat up and banged up. And we put Mason on one-on-one routes with anybody, and Mason just ate up the whole league that year, right? You know, so um, – and then when we did go out, you know, Ty Heat went out, caught the ball, still had, I think, the 60, 70 catches that year. I think I ended up with another 25 or 30 catches myself. And Mark Clayton had a hell of a year, too, as well. And Demetrius Williams from Oregon had a great year, too. And um, so what I'm saying to you guys is if you got a really good O.C., and he's patient, and he understands exactly who C.J. Stroud is, it's very, very possible that you guys could end up like the Baltimore Ravens of 2008. 11 wins, um, five losses. AFC Championship game was one of those losses against Pittsburgh. Okay, so and Joe Flacco got rookie of the year that year as well. So don't don't count out C.J. Stroud yet. You got, a, you got a hell of a young man at quarterback. He was actually my pick for the first pick overall, who I thought should have went first. Mm. You know, but, you know, sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. You never know. But I think this kid has a great a great future if he has the right OC, if they breed him the right way, if they let him come into this game and exploit the things that he's really strong at. I think he has the potential to do some really, really great things in Houston. You cannot teach pocket pocket awareness and pocket presence. He has that. And that's one of the things that Kyle Bowler never had. You know, so I'm just telling you right now, you have all the intangibles <laughs> as a QB, but if you don't have that one quality, you will fail miserably. Okay. You're the catching the random stray right there. <laughs> the drive by on bowling, but, but <laughs> no, nah, I mean, when you, <laughs> but it's funny what I'm saying say, is, bro. you guys got a chance, don't count them out. <laughs> but with CJ Stroud, you know, uh, me and Harley believe in him when you look at his history, you know, from Rancho Cucamonga didn't really start into his junior year. When he won the elite 11 MVP, he was one of the last quarterbacks invited. No one expected him to win. 
at Ohio State was not even scouted by them. His friend had to put him on. They also brought in Q and Ewers. I'm sorry if I mess up the name. I always do. They brought him in when C.J. Stroud was practicing and didn't even tell him to that day. Yeah, who's now at Texas. That's who's now at Texas. Competition is nothing new to C.J. Stroud. Adversary, adversity is nothing new to C.J. Stroud. And, you know, when you see that type of story, you see how humble he is, talks about his mother, his faith in God. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to believe in him. And he just got voted captain, you know, a couple of days ago. And we are believing in C.J. Stroud, man. Yeah, I, I mean, think- nobody nobody believed in um in, in Justin Fields either. He's now he's, he's mm-hmm. an Ohio State guy, you know, Georgia, Ohio State guy, you know, now playing for the Bears, whoever the Bears are, nobody knows anymore. You know, my bad, Kyrie. Um, and no, then that's no taken. Yeah, and then I me, mean, who, who's the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback? No, nobody believes in that kid either, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. not not in Alabama, not in Oklahoma. Now he's in Philly, and nobody believed in him all the way to the Super Bowl last year. But I mean, he still proved you wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. So to me, I love that that kind of story for CJ, and I think it's a feel good story. And I think if he turned this thing around in Houston, I think everybody will be in tears because he's that magical of a kid. You know, I remember watching him at the combine because, I mean, I've watched a lot of C.J. Stroud his last two years as a starter. And again, like coming following up with Justin Fields, who threw for like whatever, 30 something hundred yards and like or or rather like 3000 yards and 41 touchdowns or whatever, like as a as a sophomore, he just went completely off. Then they go went to the playoff two straight years. So you got to follow up that act. And Stroud just kind of comes in and does his thing. And I think that was there was a lot of uneven from CJ in, in that last year. But that Georgia game, I swear that 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 Georgia game was probably the best. That was probably the best quarterback game anyone played that year. I mean, mm-hmm. that was that was incredible stuff. Against right. that, I mean, contextually against that defense. Just just incredible stuff. And you saw some of the things that people were like, well, yeah, like, can he create outside the pocket? Like, can he can he throw against pressure? Like, he never runs. Like, can he run? It's like, yeah, he can do all that. He just prefers to operate from the pocket. Yeah, and, 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 and again, it's people have questions about, OK, does he throw with enough anticipation? Because he played at Ohio State and everybody's getting open all the time and et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, and those are those are. Um, I think issues that that people bring up with Ohio State quarterbacks going back. They're all valid. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think when it comes down to is like you you saw CJ at the combine, and I just remember thinking like this looks easy for him. Mm. I mean, you you want it to look easy, but for for most of the for a lot of guys even throwing against air at the combine, like yeah, you see some throws like oh yeah, that looks good. Oh, you really threw the ball like. He, he really that ball jumped off his hands. Oh, that was amazing. Everything looks so insanely easy for CJ Stroud that I think mm-hmm. it was like, okay, yeah, all, all those all, all, all the criticisms you have about uh the whatever the aptitude test or whatever just random stuff you're over here coming out with. Just look at this dude throw the football. It's right. effortless, and it, it's always <laughs> ending up right in your hands. And it, it, it was easy. I, I was so happy to see that level of performance for him because I think it really just made everybody shut the hell up for a second and Dude. appreciate that. No, this guy really is good. He's that good. He deserves to yeah. be in this position. 
I think he's going to have a hell of a year for you guys after the Ravens game, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, so, uh, you know, me and Harley both pegged the uh, the game as a loss. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, good, you good know, looking just out, being real, right? Just being real. <laughs> yeah, our our season really starts week two against the Indianapolis Colts when they come to H Town. Okay, you know okay. that's what like our week it. two is. But no, against the Ravens week one, man. What I am looking for is this is this swarm mentality that head coach Dorico Ryan's has been preaching since he got hired. Never give up. High intensity. You know, he wants he always phrases the word swarm, right? Special work ethic and relentless mindset. That is an acronym that he has built. And I need to see that with the Houston Texans on Sunday. Keep it close against the Baltimore Ravens. Hey, man, make them sweat a little bit. Okay, say that acronym again. Let me write that down. So it is. Go, Harley. So it's swarm. swarm. It's a special Mm -hmm. work ethic and relentless mindset. I like it. That's kind of like a Matt Eberflus with the the hits principle, mm. Mm. where it's it's based off of a lot a lot of the same kinds of things. Especially with I think what you find with defensive coaches that rally to the ball, everybody play team defense mm. sort of mentality. I. I think I think that there, there's like a, a very common origin to that, and it, it really intrigues me that D'Amico is very much on that. I mean, again, he's you know like a veteran defensive player, and and we, people have been talking about D'Amico Ryan's being head coaching material before he even stopped playing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so it doesn't surprise me that that this is that this is where he is. And yeah, maybe some people might say it's kind of corny to come up with that, but look, when it comes to you got to find a way to reach players, man. Mm-hmm. And when they and when they can, especially with with such a a dope acronym like Swarm, that's something you say all the time. Swarm to the football. Yep. You know. Well, I tell you, I tell you, I love these type of these type of acronyms because I mean, when when when, when Harbaugh came in, his thing was play like a Raven, and that's mm-hmm. a staple now. You know, in Baltimore, it's play like a Raven, play like a Raven, and he was one hundred percent right. You know, from day one, 1996, when they came onto the scene. They have been dogs from day one. You know, drafted mm. Ray Lewis, drafted Jonathan Ogden, two Hall of Famers in the first round, the first draft ever. You know, like they have been absolute dogs in Baltimore. And when you see a Raven, you should be, you should fear us. You should be afraid because we set that standard for ourselves. You know, it, it, like the Ravens Stiller game is to me is like one of the hardest hitting games ever played every year for the last 20 years mm. or last 18 years or 17 years, however long the program has been around. You know, so play like a Raven has become a staple in the city of Baltimore. When I went to see um, the the Atlanta Falcons, I went to spend like a week at Atlanta Falcons training camp um, on an internship, and Dan Quinn was the head coach, and he had a statement to say, "How you do anything is how, how you, you do, do everything. everything." And I tell my kids that every freaking day. You know, that stuck with me. Just hearing that simple statement, "How you do anything is how you do everything." And then Herm Edwards used to always say, "It's perception versus reality." You know what I'm saying? How people perceive you. And who you really are, you know. So you need to put out there what you really want people to see you as, because they're going to perceive you one way, and that's whatever you show them on social media or real world or real life, whatever they see you on TV. But they need to, the reality is you're this person. So why don't you show them who the real you is? You know. So hey, you got some like coaching, you Wilcox. A little bit, man. You know, I I, I hung around the block a couple of times. Yeah, hey, his, his yeah. Twitter handle is at Coach Wilcox. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I coached about yeah. I coached about eight or nine years. I coached I feel about like four. I'm about to go, you know, go yeah. suit up, put the helmet on. Let's you go, know? baby. Let's go, Root. Look, 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 look at this I, I man. Got I got a hell of a pregame speech now. Yeah. I got a hell of a I say, look, this, this man looks like he could still like he could still throw down for a series or two. Uh, yeah, that's what I, that's, I I promise you. I just seen one of my guys today, and he was like, Coach, you look like you still got it. I was like, bro, I'll take two steps and tear Achilles or something. Yeah, like, uh-huh. <laughs> but but I think I think like that's what it is, man. Like I, I feel like so often, I mean, football is a game, and we Wilcox and I have talked about this. Football is a game you have to be low key, kind of crazy to play. Yeah, and maybe not even low key. You got to you got to be you got to be crazy because of the toll it takes on your body, what you put yourself through every week. Psycho. You got to have something to buy into that every mm. single week. It's such a mental game. And so when you get people believing on an emotional level in what you're doing and that like, yes, I am going to go out there and I'm going to put my body on the line. I'm going to swarm to this football. If it's the last damn thing that I do, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to play like a Raven with this idea of what it means to play like a Raven. Like you, you hear sometimes like people talk about that. Where, where it's like they made a play and it's like, man, I was just trying to play like a raven you know, or something like that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, like people will say things like that because that is the mentality that you have to bring every single time you go out there. Because if you're not like if you're not like fully bought in and you're not going as hard as as possible, you don't have more conviction than the other guy, the other guy, the other guy is going to whoop your ass. Right, exactly. Maybe, maybe the swarm logo, maybe, maybe that swarm acronym is the thing for you guys. Maybe it'll be the thing to help get you guys over the hump. Yeah, you they know? put it on a t shirt, and then me and Harley were able to get one from the owners, Cowan, Hannah McNair. But you know, why we believe in the swarm is because when I look at the San Francisco 49ers defense, it wasn't oh. just one 49ers making a tackle, it was everyone. And on Nick Bosa's funny mic the moments where he says, you know, I couldn't agree more, all monotone, a couple of seconds before that, you hear Fred Warner screaming, we are going to swarm to the football. Y'all freaking swarm. And yeah. that just goes so if Fred Warner, one of the best linebackers in the NFL, is preaching what my head coach is preaching, then I know my leaders here are going to be doing that. Well, Rube, in, in football, in good football, in any good football team with a great defense, they're all swarming to the ball. You know, that's that's a staple from my childhood all the way to now to me being an adult. You want all 11 men to the ball carrier. Your whole goal on defense is get the ball. That's it. Get the ball. So when they throw it, everybody run to the ball. And they work pursuit angles every freaking day on defense. They work pursuit angles. The backside corner has to get to the ball. And it was one of the things I just pointed out from the Colorado game this past weekend against TCU. Um, there was a, a play where the running back from TCU Ran up the middle and, and he he put his foot in the ground and he did like a jump a jump cut to the right and he struck out down the sideline and Travis Horner ran him down from the backside he was the backside corner on that play you know so a good receiver this how you know that Dion's team is really coached up and then the other team wasn't coached up as well as Dion's team was right because every deep ball or every long run that they had the Colorado team had you never saw the backside corner come into play that's because the backside receiver did his job. You know, mm -hmm. on that one play, whatever that running back from TCU broke out and took off running, Travis Hunter and Shiloh Sanders both ran him down and tackled him down the field. That means that backside receivers was not doing their job. You have to do your job if you're the backside receiver. So that's to me, that's what Swarm looked like. Travis mm -hmm. Hunter, Shiloh Sanders running that guy down. You know, whether it was 60 yards, 70 yards down the field, they saved the touchdown. 
two plays later, Travis Hunter gets that ridiculous interception over there on that on that double slant, um, that double slant wheel play, right? He dives and takes the ball right to the receiver's hand right there on the sideline, and that's that's basically that's that's the that's from them hustling down the field to stop that touchdown. Man, I love that Dion's talking that mess, man. Yeah, absolutely deserves it. it. I love it. He, Me too. He absolutely deserves it. And by no, that's my team. Man. I played two years with Prime, so you know mm-hmm. I'm. I'm super happy to see him be successful right now. Go ahead, Kyrie. I'm sorry. Well, no, absolutely. Look, every every time you remind me that you play with Deion Sanders, yeah. I'm like, yes, that is exactly the content I want to hear. But right. I'm just going to bring up, you were talking about Fred Warner over in San Francisco, the best yeah. player on that D, or one of the best players. You got Nick Bosa, right? Yeah. But it's like one of the best players on that defense talking about we got to swarm to the football. And, and you're paired in what the head coach is saying. You got Travis Hunter who – I mean, I'm a big fan of Caleb Williams, but when I saw Travis Hunter out there playing 110 snaps, doing what he was doing, dominating, dominating all game, dominating all game. That's both sides of the ball. Both sides of the ball. And I'm thinking to myself, that kid might be the best player in in CFB. And then then he's making plays (laughs) like that, just pure flat-out hustle. I am not letting you get this touchdown. Right. You know what I mean? That that that's it. That's how you know you got a kid bought in. When that that kid is gonna he's gonna play in the NFL. He's gonna be a top ten pick. And that's what that's what his that's what confidence do. That's what confidence does for you. And that's what a great coach do for you. He builds that confidence in you. He went out there and poured it all out on the line because Dion instilled that in him, telling him every day that Travis Hunter is him in front of the national television and allowing him to be able to grow that way. He would have probably never grown the way that he's grown with Dion the last two or three years if it hadn't if he had been anywhere else with any other coach. Because mm. no other coach would have felt like giving him that that title. They would have never said on national TV that he's him. Dion is a former player. He understands the importance of swag and, and getting inside these kids' mind and allowing them to grow up to be the men that they're supposed to be. And he's not afraid to instill that into his players. So Travis, what you see from him running 140 some plays in one game and relentlessly still chasing a guy down the field 60, 70 yards to save a touchdown, it goes to show you, like, what a good coach can do for a team. And I'm hoping you guys get some of that from your new head coach down in Houston because we will run through a brick wall if you put the right guy in front of us leading us. Like that. 100%. And you know what, man? Like, you, you talk about prime saying, like, do you believe? And and obviously that that touched off a firestorm because you got media people uh, being like, hey, like it's not our job to believe. But again, like you said, he knows the value of his guys knowing that they prove people wrong and that it's us versus them. And if they don't want to believe with us, you know, they want to believe in us the hell the hell with them. And I feel like maybe you got a little bit of something that brewing with the Texans. Mm. It doesn't matter if anybody believes in you doesn't even necessarily matter how many games you win if you yeah. buy in and you set the foundation year two and three yeah, could be something interesting i believe in you guys after week two hey stand till we drown man for sure. i'm always believing in my text yeah as soon as week one's over with i'm 100 I'm with you guys hey but if, if we get that upset man i'm gonna be coming for you mr i, 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 I don't Harley. <laughs> i do not believe in you guys in week one I got you guys back 100%. I'll call you guys up. Hey, bro, what game we watching today? I'm with you guys. (laughs) But week one, no, no. I believe in only one team. One is one heartbeat, one sound. If they're purple, 
I'm in. Mm. I mean, hey, I, I don't know if y'all could tell. This man still got that dog in him. Okay, <laughs> I see it. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm with you guys. We too. Yeah. We too. We're, with, you guys. with you starting in in week yeah. two. But you know what? Yeah. First, we got it. First, we got to get through week one. We need this one to know. Yeah, we, we, will, we will. We will see what happens. I think we, we all expect the Ravens to be one and oh, but the game still has to be played any given Sunday. You know how it is. But listen, this has been one hell of an episode of Believe in Ravens. I mean, Believe in Ravens, Believe in Texans crossover, man. Like this was this was fun. OK, I love the back and forth. Love the playful banter. And you know what? We're going to have some fun and see how this goes on Sunday. And we're going to have fun either way because it's week one of the yeah. NFL regular season. Man, football is back. Let's back, go. baby. Let's oh, go. Oh, it was, it, it's I back tomorrow. I want to see I want to see all y'all tweeting. And I want I want you texting me watching this game tomorrow, Wilcox, because you mm -hmm. know I'm going to be watching it. I'm Kyrie Thompson. That's Daniel Wilcox. That's Harley Dugan. And that's Ruben Gomez. Peace out. Believe in the Ravens, baby. <clears throat> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.